0: 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and uh, this lesson we are actually going to discuss something that I have uh, very, very rarely, if ever, uh, discussed in all of my time in ministry, um, and it's not Venn diagrams, uh, talking to these two gentlemen over here. Uh, It's actually on giving. And I'm going to explain why as we go through this. Um, I had uh, wanted Sam to continue, but he's going to be out for several months. And I had already gone through the lesson in preparation thinking he was just going to be out for a Sunday. So I'm going to be actually going over the lesson this evening. Because he is... (laughs) Because Sam is being required to work at uh, his new location on sunday evenings now so he'll be working every sunday evening for at least the next probably three four months so he's allowed to come to church on sunday morning um and then right after he takes the family home he can, he has to go to work so kind of odd being the manager but that's sometimes this way it goes in retail so well, let's have a word of prayer. Father, I am thankful that we can again come and worship you, and I pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom to be able to share the truth of your word and how this subject of giving applies to each one of us in this lesson. I thank you for Sam and the lessons that he has been uh, able to teach so far, and we look forward to him being able to come back and have the family uh, here with us as well, I pray, Lord, that as we come down through this last few days before Christmas, that that you would bring each person back as we have the various events. I know that there's supposed to be some brutal weather uh, this, uh, this week, and we think of Corey. And I pray that uh, he won't get stuck this week like he did this week. And um, I pray that uh, you would give him safety on the road and anyone else who has to be out there as well. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would, as we prayed this morning, that you would be with our brothers and sisters who are in persecuted countries around the world. We're able to celebrate and enjoy the festivities and the holidays, and they can't even celebrate without getting in trouble the fact that they know the Lord Jesus Christ. So we pray, Lord, that you would encourage their hearts this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you have your lesson books, it starts out and the question is, what is the meaning of giving and what are my responsibilities in this area? Now, and I wish there was more, we're probably going to break this part up into two lessons, but I think that it is important that we understand, first of all, the difference between the Old Testament system and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you had what? What was it called? The law. Yeah, but the the law, under the law, we had what? As far as offerings. Okay, there were actually three main types of offerings. But we're just going to put here a tithe. Now, the tithe in the Old Testament was for one purpose. What was it? To provide
1: for the... Excuse me, for uh... Sacrifices the leaders of the church, the the Levites. it was to provide for the priesthood, yeah. which
2: is sacrifices and everything else,
0: right? Well, the, in addition to the sacrifices or the animals that they would take, the children of Israel were actually commanded to take an offering, an actual money offering to the priesthood throughout the year. And the total amount that they actually gave, do you, does anybody know what the word tithe means? 10%. means 10% or 10, okay? So in the Old Testament, the 10% wasn't actually a 10% though. Let's cut this off. The 10% was not just a 10%. Does anybody know what it actually amounted to? Over the course of the year? It was about 23% is what it actually amounted to. By the time you gave everything that was required by God under the law, it amounted to about 23% of a person's salary or whatever they made throughout the year. Okay? Now, under the New Testament, we have uh, a lot of people will, will speak of the tithe and they'll say, well, Abraham gave a tithe and the children of Israel gave a tithe, therefore, we're supposed to give a tithe. But the question is, is that true? Because in the New Testament, there's actually no indication of any tithe being given. Now, there is something that we call, my dad and I actually like to call this, grace giving. Somebody look up 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. So, hold your place in 1 Corinthians because we're going to go over that one as well.
2: 9, verse 6. Yes. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully.
0: Okay. Yep, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. So, the one who sows sparingly reaps sparingly, the one who sows bountifully reaps bountifully. So, what amount then do we give? Now there's another verse, and I was trying to remember and I've got it written down here in one of my other notes, but I couldn't find it right off the top of my head. The verse that talks about uh, the God loves the cheerful giver. Verse 7. Go ahead and read verse 7 as well, please, Dad.
2: Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver.
0: Okay, now we're going to have to go back to the Old Testament for just a moment. Was there a punishment if they didn't give a tithe? What was the punishment? If they didn't give what God commanded to support the Levitical priesthood what were some of the punishments that could take place? Or were there any punishments? Okay. So breaking the law. So well yeah we're talking about the Old Testament though not not the New Testament. So The difference here is, on on this side, and this is going to be important, on this side you have Israel, and this side you have the church. Let me fill in a couple more blanks. Here, everyone is a priest. These are the differences between the Old and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, when we talk, for example, about Abraham, do you remember, and and we've heard this before, but when Abraham gave a tithe, what did he give a tithe of? you remember when he went out to war?
2: When it came out of of the, uh, the stuff that he captured.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was going to say of all the spoils of war yeah of all the spoils of war we're not told that Abraham actually gave ten percent of everything that he owned every single year, and he didn't give it to he only gave it to Melchizedek one time so when, when on this side you have Abraham for example, given in the law, but in the New Testament side, you don't have a set priesthood, for example I, and, and I think this is why it's so important for us to understand this. On this side, we are the church. On this side, we are a priest unto God, not me. Everybody who is a true believer. This is why it's important in church to have full accountability with one another. Now, is there somebody who does stand up and speak? Yes, we have, for example, Brother Al in the morning who te- has been teaching the Sunday school. or You have myself who, as the pastor, but there's no... Uh, Maybe you've heard it this way, clergy and laity. Laity simply means the people, okay? Now, I don't see a distinction between these two people. What I do see is that God calls people from within the local church to be able to minister the word of God. That's simply the responsibility that I have whatever somebody else's responsibility may be. It could be to take care of the sound system. It could be to take care of the treasury. It could be to take care of cleaning up the building. It could be to take whatever it may be. Whatever we do, do all to the glory of God as we looked at this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Now, the problem is though that when we start getting this distinction here, you have something. And if you're taking notes here, we've got... Health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. Now, this is found, unfortunately, in a lot of circles. And if we're not careful, it can also creep into what we're doing here as a church. And that is... What what is the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, first of all? What, What do they teach? If you
2: give, you will get more back.
0: If you give, you will get more back. So, sow a seed is some of the comments that they might make. So, if you sow... Uh, if you sow $100 seed, then you can expect to reap a $100 benefit or a $10, get a $10 or 500 get a $500. The Bible doesn't teach that because there are times within our lives that we may give. In fact, that same book, Paul's talking to the Corinthians and he tells them that they gave out of the their deep poverty. They didn't give knowing that they would get something back. They gave for the per- for one purpose, and that was to be able to support the brethren who were in Jerusalem who were struggling during a time of persecution. Now, one of the things that amazes me, and I'm going to be careful, and and, and any time that any of our recordings go out, we can't mention certain names. And I'm sure you'll understand, because if it gets back to the authorities or they hear it online, then that person can be in trouble. But the country that we were talking about this morning, when the money was taken down to them, they actually didn't think about keeping it all. They gave out of their deep poverty to be able to help other pastors, other churches, other families around their area with a little bit that was given. Now, we talked, for example, and and, and the, the uh, missionary was telling me that They only get so much bread per week. And yet they found it within their heart to be able to take the bread. They ate other things so that they could make sandwiches to take for the churches and pastors who didn't have any. That's deep poverty. That's being willing to give unto God. Something that you don't have, not expecting a return, simply may be a spiritual blessing that God is going to give. And this is where we give, or when we come before the Lord, we are to give. This is one of the reasons why we have the boxes on the wall now. Some people don't want it to be known that they're giving. There may be some people who will put it, who will put it in the offering basket. That's fine. The Bible tells us, so: not to let your right hand know what your left hand is doing so if we're giving or whatever we're giving unto the lord it is unto who the lord now one of the things that that has been important to me and i stated this when i came is that when we have uh when we have people give for example and if you give and it's and it's written down and you have an envelope i don't know what that is each week i don't know who gives what i'm not given a, a tally of who gives or who doesn't give Because I don't believe that that's my responsibility. I believe we give as unto the Lord. Now, when we are talking about the percentage amount, though, whatever you choose. So let's say that somebody comes into the church. The first thing that they hear when they come in is, well, you've got to give 10% of your income. Now, we've got an accountant-type individual sitting right over here. And you take somebody who's who's struggling to make it by on a weekly basis and they walk into a church, they get saved, and you tell them, okay, you've got to give away 10% of your income. What do you think they're going to think? The church is after money. The tr- it, it could be because there are a lot of churches where you hear it every single week. Give, 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 give. Uh, no. Again... If somebody if a new believer comes in and they say, "Well, well, Brother Mark, what should we give?" Well, what do you believe the Lord would have you to give? Do you remember in the Old, in the New Testament when the widow comes up in the temple and it says that she threw in what? Two mites. Two mites. That was the smallest, huh? Same as a file it, 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 was, it was the smallest amount of money that you could give in the temple. And what does Jesus say about her? Does he condemn her because she doesn't give 10%? No. He
2: said she has given more out of her poverty than the rich people were given out of their rich.
0: Was it because of the percentages? No. no, no. What, what do you think it was? Her heart. The heart. It was her heart. You see, here's the here's the truth about giving. God doesn't need your money or mine to be able to accomplish whatever it is that He's going to accomplish for His purposes, for His glory, and for His kingdom. He chooses to use the gifts that we give to Him, so that we can give. I mean, like like this next year, Lord willing, this budget that we're going to be presenting to the church or the finance committee is, we're talking about increasing what well, we just. Increased our our uh, our missions giving from about six hundred dollars a month to to eleven hundred. Praise the Lord! It to me it's not enough, but it's a great start. And so we continue giving, and as more people give to missions and they see the importance of these things, we're giving out of what is in our heart, and we're doing it with grace. In other words, God, whatever you lay on my heart, that's what I'm going to give.
2: Um. When. With- Betty and I were first married, and we became Christians a little bit later. Um, we were living mostly, almost paycheck to paycheck. Our paycheck almost made it to the next paycheck. And we became Christians, and through prayer, what the Holy Spirit told us was, "I don't care what you give, give regularly. Mm-hmm. That's all. Just." Uh-huh. I don't care what you give. So Betty and I decided on an amount. We gave it every week. And through that, when, we, when I got a raise, we gave more. And we kept going. And it, it, we never fell short of our bills. We never, I mean, our bills were paid. We may not have gotten to go out for pizza or dinner, or anything like that. But our bills were paid,
0: and we were fed. You mentioned a couple of things that I was actually going to go over. But here's, here's a couple of points to remember. Number one, commitment. Whatever it is that you commit to giving to God, follow through on the commitment. Yes. That's important. Now, like you, I learned from watching my parents... And as far as giving and that God always provided, I mean, there are times that they probably still couldn't tell you how we ever got groceries some weeks, but God always provided. It it may have been at times that that somebody stopped by and we lived, there were seven of us lived in a 24-foot travel trailer for two years on the road. That was where we lived. And there were times when people would stop by and say, I don't know why, but God just laid it on my heart to bring you a couple of bags of groceries. Didn't have anything in the trailer for food, but God provided, and we saw that over and over and over. And and that I believe is important in regards to the commitment that we give. Whatever it is, be consistent with that. Yep. And, and and when we look at First Corinthians chapter sixteen, for example, where it says, "When you come together at the beginning of the week, lay aside something," and I believe it is for the purposes of not just supporting those who are serving in ministry. Whether it's pastor or missionary or whatever it may be, but but to do so in a way that says yes, we are recognizing by coming together, part of our worship is giving. Now, whether we give through a box, whether we give through a, ba- in, a in a bag, whether we however we do it, whether we do online giving. Brother Gabe and I have been talking about online giving, having that set up because some people want to do that, um, and so however we set that giving up, or however you choose to do it, again, be consistent, trusting that the Lord will provide, but doing it not for the purposes of getting something in return, other than the fact that you're being faithful to God.
2: Well, that's the other thing, is looking at giving, I looked at it as giving what God has already blessed me with. Sure. So there's nothing in the future... (laughs) I never thought. Well, God, I'm giving you this. Give me something. Be, never. It is. I am giving out of what God has already blessed. Yeah. And so it, it just—it's how you how you look at
0: it. Sure. And, and and there are times, for example, when you go into a church and and, and I've heard it, it down through the years at different different times. We've been in churches where uh, they want to quibble over: Do you give ten percent before the tax or after tax? <laughs> You know, and, and and all you're doing is bean counting at, at that point. Now, here here's what I would say: if if a person comes in and they are striving to serve the Lord, uh, there are well, the person is not here, so I'll make a I'll make the comment, and I know that they will never hear this message. But there was a person who asked me a few months ago um, about giving. This person is regular attender here has been for a very long time and i said well what do you believe in he and this person says well you know am i supposed to give 10 percent or you know what percentage and i said no i said what do you feel comfortable giving that that you believe you can afford on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis and i said whatever that amount is just stick to your commitment with god and trust Him with the results, and you will find that God will bless. It may not be whatever. If you give fifty dollars, you'll get fifty dollars back. It may be in other ways that you will find a way to be able to help somebody else. You may find that, that that God provides in other ways where your monies are stretched further than what you could you could imagine that it that it could be done, Corey. So, so that would be you're talking about something like Stripe or something like that.
3: Yeah, I'm not familiar with uh, Stripe, but but something Uh, an online POS system, yeah, system, something like that. I don't know if there there is a app or something like that. that, There are. uh,
0: In fact, our our system, our new system, we can get that set up where if people are on the road or traveling or whatever, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but and, and that's that's a good question. I appreciate you asking. I mean, we live in a different day and age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there there was a time when, uh, like when we were in Liberia, when they took up the offering. You know, people would put bags of rice in the offering basket, or they would put a you know uh, some cassava or plantains or whatever in the offering basket for the pastor. Um, to be able to take care of them. You know, here we have a completely different system. We have uh, a system whereby we use dollar bills or whatever, but some people, I mean, for example, how many of you still write checks? Very rarely. Very rarely, because it, it's, not a, it's not a big deal. Yeah, exactly.
3: And the times that I, that I have personally donated here is when the rare times that I've had
0: money from a transaction from a friend or something like that. right. Um, yeah. but, it,
3: but it, in my opinion I'm sorry to hold everybody up but I no? think that would be a great thing if I could just stick my card into something and, and say hey I want to donate this today and
0: right and, and now I know what you're talking about now yeah point of sale machine. Yes. so we don't we're not set. I don't know that we would ever be set up with a POS machine no. but we would be we do have an app that we're working on whereby everybody can sign in Perfect. and if they choose to they can give online and it goes directly to the church's Perfect. account yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah
3: yeah you don't need a P, POS system but, but an app like that would work just as great right yeah That'd be awesome. yep have Doug standing at the front door with one of those machines. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Remember, you remember the old well, credit card machines? Put the, yep, yep. put the carbon copy on there. Chunk, chunk. <laughs> except,
2: except I had the little card. And it would completely max out the card when you stick it.
0: Exactly. In a, ex, exactly. You didn't mean to
2: get that much? We'll get it back to you in a year
0: or two. Sorry, card decline. Come back tonight. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So uh, again, have the commitment that whatever you're going to give, that God will provide. We have, for example, we have different things we've talked about here. We've talked about a benevolent fund. We've talked about, and those offering envelopes that are there in the, in the back of the chairs, you can use those for whatever you want to give. So whether you want to give commissions or whether you want to you know, write something on there and drop it in the box, however you want to do it. But there's something that's more important than this when it comes to giving. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Somebody read verse 19 and 20 for me. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Biblical giving begins with you. Okay. You see, if if, if we uh, let's figure this out. For example, by way of illustration, how many hours are in a week? Not enough. Not enough. enough. <laughs>
4: One
0: hundred and sixty-eight hours.
3: Okay. That
2: was going to be my
0: second guess. Yeah, exactly. So let's break this down for just a moment. Out of these, how many hours? Roughly, would we say we sleep? Definitely
2: not. seven hours a night. Definitely not enough. You're right yeah. there. seven hours a night, maybe average. You get for people. You're
1: lucky.
0: Yeah. So it, if if we said if we said seven to eight, is that is that a fair amount? Yeah. Yeah. What everybody say? I mean, sometimes more, sometimes less. Okay, so seven, either. So we're saying forty-nine. Or eight would be eight times fifty-six hours in a week. Okay. So, Doug, this is where your calculator might come in handy. We're going to run two two separate numbers here. Okay. So we're going to subtract forty-nine here. You better hurry up. Hey,
2: the calculator's ready. Un-
0: okay. So one hundred fifty-eight minus fifty-six.
2: Um. Well, why don't we go 112? One,
0: <laughs> okay. So, what are some other things that we do? Work constitutes how many hours a week?
3: Supposed to, be 40.
0: supposed to be forty. Okay, we'll just we'll just go with the averages here. Okay, so here we've got seventy-two, Here we've got seventy-nine. Okay, what else? An hour for eating?
4: Oh, good luck. Oh, yeah, for
0: the day. I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about for the day. You grab a bowl of cereal. You grab lunch. You grab a little bit of dinner. An yeah. hour a day, okay. Uh, what about getting ready for the day, showering, in? An hour okay?
1: In for food.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, prep. Well, some people actually yeah. cook, so yeah. that's a whole lot different than popping something in the microwave and pushing three minutes. But
2: I look at preparing in the morning as as getting ready, bathing, whatever okay. you to do, and breakfast.
0: Right. Okay. So let's say a total of two hours a day. Okay. Okay. So two hours a day. It ready seven fourteen. Okay. okay. So that takes us down to sixty-five here and over here. Uh, <clears throat> 6, 1, 58 hours. What else do you have in a week?
2: Entertainment.
0: Grocery shop. Let's let's hold off on entertainment for a minute. Yeah. I
2: don't know what that what else do you have?
0: That's what I'm asking. Grocery sh- chores, chores whatever. So how much? Maybe another ten hours a week? Five hours a week? Five. Oh, yeah. five. Okay. So let's let's say five on average. So the person who is sleeping. So sixty minus five here is fifty-three. Okay. Divide that by seven hours or seven days a week. Roughly, this one here is going to be what seven into sixty. don't even have your calculators out, huh? I
2: took mine out, but I put it back. Did somebody with that, but tracking to too fast.
0: Okay, so 7.4, roughly seven and a half hours, versus eight and a half hours. So depending on how much time you sleep... This is per day how much time you've got left. Okay? Every single day. This is actually what you have left in a week. In a week. Now, of course, you look at Saturday, you look at Sunday, you're not actually working those two days unless your schedule actually puts you on that. So on average, though, if you're working 40 hours a week, this is what you've got left to spend throughout the course of the day. Now, do you know what the average amount of time that is spent on entertainment is is in America? It's
1: like four hours
2: a day.
0: It's about five hours. It's a little over five hours a day now. Yes. Okay. So out of this, you're taking five hours. So if you multiply that five times seven, five hours a day, times seven days a week, 35 hours. That means we're spending almost as much time in entertainment as we are in working in America. now here's where it's going to get a little painful let's figure out let's figure out how much time we actually spend doing God things so church Sunday morning one hour I'll be generous by the time you get here two hours yeah, Bible, okay. study. Bible study Okay, maybe another, another hour for Bible study Wednesday night, Wednesday night could be an hour that's four hours per week. Prayer. prayer. How much time do I mean, we talk about the song, for example, Sweet Hour Prayer. How much... Do we actually spend an hour in prayer? We don't even spend an hour in prayer as an entire church sometimes. Praying. So the the point that I'm trying to make is this. If we have 168 hours, what would be... If we were talking about a tithe, what would be a tithe of that? 16.8. Sixteen point eight per week. Which divided by two is about two hours, a little over two hours a day. How much do we actually spend with time with God in a single day? Much less a week. You see, we don't have any problems spending two or three hours watching a movie. We don't have any problems sitting down and playing on the computer for two hours. For three hours or whatever it may be for fun or, or doing whatever it is. We don't have a problem doing those things or being on the phone. But the question is, where can we be giving time to God? Because it doesn't matter if you give 20 or 30% of your actual income. If God's not getting but a fraction of any of this, you're, you're losing. You're losing out on the relationship and the fellowship that you and I could be having with God. And if this isn't important to us and it's not and it's not please don't misunderstand me, this is not while I would like let me change this, while I would like everybody to be here that was here this morning to be here on a Sunday night, and everybody that's here on Sunday night to be here on a Wednesday, and I know that that's not going to happen. You know, there, there are people who have already reached out and have contacted me and wanted to know if we would just go ahead and cancel our services for the next two weeks.
4: In this church cancel the,
2: all the services,
0: cancel all the services right. because it's Christmas and nobody's going to come after all.
4: What?
0: It's New Year's. Oh my gosh, and you see what we've done? We have allowed the world to tell us what is important versus spending time with God. Yes. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, but I was raised in a strict Lutheran and. He And the pastor did not emphasize Bible study, prayer, a prayer day, evangelizing. So you, you go decades that way unless you hit the right pastor or on your own study.
0: Sure. How many of you, and, and because this is a discipleship group, I, I want to encourage you with something, so I'm gonna ask you a question. I've never done this in my entire ministry, but I want to do it tonight with this group because we've been talking with Gabe, for example, and been talking with my dad and with others in regards to how we can encourage one another throughout the week and throughout this next year. How many of you have never read through the entire Bible in a year? No. Okay. Yeah, And and that's fine, whether it's a year or whatever. Let's take that part out of it. Let's say, how many of you have never read through the entire Bible at all? Anybody? Okay. A few people. Now, here's something to... How many of you have cell phones? (laughs) Everybody has a cell phone. Okay. Here's the number you need to know. We're talking about the amount of hours we have in a day. Do you know that if you spend 12 minutes a day you can listen to the bible being read through an entire year 12 minutes and if you actually spent if you actually spent additional time for example if you spent at 24 minutes or 36 minutes whatever it may be listening to the word of god you can actually get through the bible in less than half a year by 25 minutes listening to the bible being read to you and there are all kinds of apps and that's on regular speed. You can actually turn on uh, uh, Samuel Ballard, the, the British gentleman. He, he tells me that he listens to everything on like two times speed and I think Trenton listens to it. Uh, my brain just doesn't comprehend any, all that stuff that fast. But you can listen to it at 1.25 speed. Or 1.5 speed, or whatever it may be, and you're listening to the Word of God, and you know what's happening is it is filling your mind over and over and over and over. You see, we live in such a day and age that there is no excuse for why we haven't read through the Bible. I mean, if this, if this, how much of this is God's love letter to you and I? 100%. You know, they're, they're, my wife and I have a bag of love letters that we wrote to each other back when we were first married or before we got married. And, you know, I can, I can remember Violet calling me up, or I would call her up and she said, say, did you get my letter? Yep. Would you read it? Well oh, I read the first paragraph. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> How well do you think that relationship would have gone over? exactly i no. i would tell you you know i've read i've read it every single day i mean i've read it several times a day when are you going to send the next one and if you begin to read through the word of god and taking the time to ingest what god is saying to you you will find the pages full of the lord jesus christ that's the wonder of the scriptures that's the wonder. These classes, it doesn't matter whether how, how simple they are or, or how elementary the classes may be or, or how deep the classes may be. The point in every class is to point you to Jesus Christ. You had a comment and then you had one, Abigail. Oh, I was, uh... Sure, and, and, and don't... I was doing it
3: when I
0: was driving. I just, you know, it, it was really hard for me to understand. And sure. Especially with the stretch. And, and, and I get that. And, you know, I mean, there there are times when, uh, like when we lived down in Texas, there are times that I regularly drove two hours on a day to go to, like we lived in the the, the uh, Amarillo area. Excuse me, and I would have to try, drive as far as Clovis, New Mexico, um or to yeah clovis isn't that where cannon air force base is i think i think that's where it's at is down there so it's about two hours away my territory covered two hours one way two hours the other and then two hours north and about an hour south um so right up to the top of the texas border um and i did that on a daily basis so there were times that I would use that and and I would find myself turning on the radio and listening to all kinds of stuff whether it was talk radio or or country western station or whatever and you know what I found was after a while that got so old and yet the the, the we will never be able to plumb the depths of the scriptures and my encouragement to you would be just still turn on the Word of God, even if you don't understand it. The more you hear it, the more that you listen to it, the, the, the more that you seek to comprehend that, the Holy Spirit will give you the understanding to be able to know what He has to say in His Word. And,
3: and I never thought of it that way until, until you put it that way, so that makes sense. Yeah, because, I mean, He, he I wouldn't think I was give us something. more comprehension than I was about getting it cycled.
0: We, we, we have something that we do in our home when we are doing our devotions. For example, we don't read, we haven't been, we've tried it in the past where we've read through every book or we've done whatever, but we do something now where we take one book every 30 days and we take a short book or a short, short section. And this month we're actually in second Timothy. And so there's only four chapters and so we begin, and on the first night, let's say January 1st is coming up. So on January 1st, we read just Second Timothy chapter 1. And then night 2, we would read 2 Timothy 2, and then chapter 3 and chapter 4. The next night, the fifth night, we would then go back to chapter 1. We would read it again. Each one of us will read a portion. And then we would determine if there's something in there that we don't understand. This gives the girls an opportunity to be able to ask questions or and violet and i even though we are older in the lord it's we then also have to come up with something that we uh, that we have just seen or we have just understood every time i open up the scriptures brother Corey, to to be able to study and to be able to prepare for a lesson i learn something new there is so much there that that uh, you can in fact i don't remember you may, you may recall dad the, um Was it D.L. Moody or Spurgeon? And they went somewhere and there was a young guy who was preaching and he preached on John 3.16 the very first night. It was Moody. Moody. And so his his wife convinced him to go and so he went and he listened to a message on John John 3.16 was greatly encouraged. And he went back the next night and the guy says, the text tonight is going to be John 3.16. And he began to have these questions in his mind. What else could he say that he didn't say last night? And he listened to another message on John three sixteen. It was completely different. He went back the third night. My text tonight, John chapter 3, verse 16. Again, what can he say that he hasn't already said in the last two nights on the verse? And he learned something new that night as well. I don't remember how many nights it was over the course. I think it was like four or five nights. A week? A week? I think so. It was a week. And every night that was the only text he preached from was John chapter 3, verse 16. And every message was different. Because there's just so much there, and so when we come to the scriptures, whether it's reading through the scriptures, I would encourage people to do that. Listen, turn on your app or whatever you version. Listen to the scriptures being read. But in giving yourself, giving of yourself to God, take small chunks to be able to understand what that may be. It, it may be for First John, for example. What a wonderful book, especially for a new believer. To, to, there are a lot of things that. You're not going to understand. There are a lot of things I still don't understand in 1 John. But you know what you'll find when you get to the end of 1 John? 1 John says that it was written that we may have confidence in the fact that we have eternal life. And if that's all you got out of it the first time, wonderful. You read through it a second time. And the second time you realize, hey, wait a minute. God is the one that is faithful. 1 John one nine. God is the one that is faithful. God is the one that is just. God is the one that forgives my sins. God is the one that cleanses me from all unrighteousness. And that may be all that you learn on that time through 1 John. But every single time we are taking the time to be able to fill our minds and to put it into our heads so that eventually you may be tasked with something and you're driving down the road or you're going to work or you're doing whatever... And maybe there's some kind of temptation that faces you. And all of a sudden, maybe you succumb to that temptation. But then, instead of listening to the evil one and his minions, you remember somewhere down in there that God has placed in your heart, the Holy Spirit helps you to remember, wait a minute, all I have to do is ask God to forgive me of my sins, and he'll cleanse me of that. See what you just gained? You've gained the ability to be able to grow and mature as a believer. And where you're at now will not be where you're at a year from now. You know, if we, we take our our, our little kid, our kids, I mean, look at Trenton, six foot two. You know, I, mean, I can remember when he was born. He was what, seven pounds? <laughs> I think
4: seven pound nine
0: ounces. Seven pound nine ounces. I mean, look at him now. He ain't seen seven pound nine ounces on his last plate of food. <laughs> the reality reality is this when he was growing up when our kids were growing up and they say oh I'm never going to be big enough I'm never going to well yeah they will just give it time they keep eating the right foods they keep exercising they keep doing the things that they're supposed to be doing and they do grow to maturity That's what I want to encourage you in, in your walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. It may be frustrating coming at times when you sit down and you listen to the message and it's like, man, most of that just went right over my head. Don't worry about what went over your head. Worry about what the Holy Spirit has taught you and encouraged you. It may be just one point. There are times, and and I know I've heard my dad say this in his ministry, and I've said it multiple times. I didn't this morning. I caught myself. Even had it in my notes and I missed it. There's normally a point in the message where I'll say, if you don't hear anything else or if you miss everything else, hear this. That's to get your attention because there's something important right there. All of it's important, but that in particular is for your benefit. To be able to take that, and if that's all you take with you this week, learn from God. Learn from the Scriptures learn from one another there are times i know i've been out with brother gabriel and we've talked and he shared things with me i can learn from brother gabriel i can learn from my dad i can learn from tim i can learn from brother doug we can all get together at the men's breakfast and we can learn from one another ladies can all get together and they can learn from one another but what we have to learn is learning from the scriptures that's why it's important to be able to give of ourselves. What does Romans chapter 12 say? Would you like to read Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, Debbie? And Abigail, you had something? Do you remember? No? Yes. Yeah, and then over to Doug. Okay, go ahead, Doug. He's going to get back to it after. I just want to
1: encourage Corey,
2: the Bible is another
4: other than Greek and Hebrew, that's probably why you're not understanding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every church has got a Doug, and we love Doug.
4: Thank <laughs> <laughs> Doug, know, you're welcome, brother. <laughs>
0: I know uh, Romans 12. Yeah, okay, Romans 1. I beseech
4: you, therefore, brethren. By the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable
0: to God, which is your reasonable service. Okay, hold on just a second before you read verse 2. Do you see the giving there? Presenting yourself. Mm -hmm. Not worried about what everybody else is giving. Do you remember what happened with Peter and John? And they're sitting around the fireplace. And Jesus tells Peter, this is what you're going to do. And instead of listening, Peter turns around and he goes, well, what about him? And Jesus says, don't worry about him. If he lives until I return, what is that to you? Do what I'm telling you to do. Okay? We can't be somebody else. You can't go back, Brother Gabe, and in your life, and I can't go back in my life and regret the things that we could have, should have, would have. All we can do is live right from where we're at. If this is the first time you have ever heard this, these things in your life, take these things and run with them and thank the Lord that you heard them now. But giving our lives a living sacrifice, this is much more important. If we had a church full of people who were willing to give this right here, more of this, I should say, in time to God, we would have a lot less issues than what we do.
4: So how do we encourage that in these people who aren't
0: raising the Bible or coming? What's the first thing that you should do? What do you think is the first thing that Debbie should do? will be an example. There we go.
4: And contact them, actually
0: contact them. Uh, that's actually what we're working on for 2023. Everybody is going to be contacted every right. single week.
4: Yeah, wow, well, every single week. Every single week. Everybody. 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 To be contacted. Everybody.
0: Every single week.
4: Every single week. Yeah, it's <laughs> possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But do you know how that's going to happen?
4: Seven hours of sleep.
0: <laughs> do you know how that's going to happen? Sometimes it's going to be somebody showing up to where you work and say, "How you doing this week, Debbie?" Oh, seriously. Even that way. Sometimes it's going to be through a text. Sometimes it's going to be a phone call. Sometimes it may be a letter. Sometimes it may be just an encouragement card. Hey, we're praying for you this week. Yeah, very good. Because when we do those things, it actually helps us to see the importance of church. Because church isn't just showing up on a Sunday morning. It has to be so much more than that. Read the last part of the verse, or the so verse two.
4: Um, Romans two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, mm-hmm. that you may prove what is that, what is that is good, good, good and acceptable and perfect, perfect will of
0: God. Absolutely. we cannot, we will find ourselves conforming to the world if we're not willing to give ourselves as a sacrifice. But if we are being changed to be more conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I've said this multiple times, my goal in prayer is that you came today and when you leave today, you will be more like the Lord Jesus Christ today than you were yesterday. And your goal in prayer should be that you'll be more like him tomorrow than you are today. But what if we slip? What if we fall? First John 1.9 We confess our sins We move on the Gabe?
1: So two things um, I was encouraged to read The Bible Four chapters a day six days, For six days a week And I did that for a year And I figured that The first part I was doing okay I was doing okay But it wasn't until I started one had an accountability person somebody that I could talk to about what I was reading and get their feedback to what they were reading. But also to find one key verse out of each chapter. And then it started coming to light. And the second year that I did it, it really came to light. And I was like of uh, remembering stuff, and it was coming a little bit more known. Um, so having those key, those accountability people, and then intentionally trying to find the key verse that God is speaking to you. Mm-hmm. The other thing was based off of that. I used to teach the three T's: time, treasure, and talents, where you would give your Time based <clears throat> off of that, your treasures, which is your tithing, and then your talents of serving the church, and that's how we need to give. And it's not just tithing, but it's so much more.
0: Sure, uh, because if if we're if we are involved in again grace giving, uh, we are. There are a lot of people who have been taught. Um, Essentially, given that's the total, the sum total of your responsibility yeah. to the church, just given everybody else to take care of everything else. You know, the old rule, 80-20, 80% of the work done by 20% of the people. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And unfortunately, even in church sometimes that's true. And But if everybody were to take up just a little bit, if everybody were to give a little bit, if everybody were to serve a little bit, you would find that, that there would be no end of ministries that a church could be involved in. But again, it, it does take a willingness to be, to be able to say, yeah, I know how to find the off button on my phone, or I know how to find the off button on the TV, or whatever it may be. Again, we talked about this morning, not stealing. It's not just a matter of not stealing from man or stealing from the government. It's a matter of stealing from God. Did you have something else Doug? No? Oh, okay. So so I I hope that as we have looked I mean we haven't gone very far and that was not my intention to go very far this evening because I really wanted to encourage you to give of yourself. Look for ways to be able to give. Look for ways like we were talking about with, with you, Sister Debbie, look for ways to be able to touch the life of somebody else that you can have an impact on, because you never know what kind of impact you will have. It, you will never know whether it's a spouse or whether it's a, a child or whether it's a colleague or I mean, there there are people from your work who have, who have come and visited. You know what if what if we did that? I'm reminded of the story. Write this down. Everybody, write this down. Take a envelope or a piece of paper or something. And I want to encourage you to go and listen. Type it into YouTube and listen to the testimony of Micah. Just type in Micah, M I C A H Wilder. Micah. M-I-C-A-H Wilder, W-I-L-D-E-R. Micah Wilder runs a ministry called Adams Road Ministry. Now, has anybody here ever heard of him? No? Okay. Micah was a missionary with the LDS Church. He was supposed to go to Mexico and he ended up in the hospital. His lung collapsed. And um, he, in God and his providence, allowed him to be sent to the Bible Belt, to Florida, of all places. And there were some people there who actually took time to love Micah. And instead of slamming the door in his face, instead of being rude and nasty, they actually invited him over. There were times when they had a barbecue and they fed him, him and his, him and his buddy. And at the end of his two-year mission, Micah actually came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and stood in front of all of the other missionaries that were in that reach, and they all came together at the end. And he stood in front of them and told them, we have been lied to. Jesus Christ is all we need. He actually got sent home. He didn't get to finish his mission. I can tell you the rest of the story. But I will tell you this. He states in his testimony this comment. If somebody had not loved me enough to tell me the truth, I would still be lost. We have to tell people the truth and if they don't hear it from us, who will they hear it from? And part of that is being willing to give of ourselves. Whether it's missionaries going over to the foreign field. Whether it's here in America, in our Jerusalem, and telling people the truth of who Jesus Christ is, where are they going to hear it from? Requires sacrifice. Requires being willing to be committed to Jesus Christ enough that we're willing to tell people the truth. If If, if we knew somebody was downstairs and they were talking about the vaccines and all that other stuff, I mean, this isn't a political tirade here or anything, But if somebody actually came up to you and said, you know, I have a cure for cancer, and it really was a cure for cancer, I mean, wouldn't you want to spread that around the world, that good news, if you had somebody that you loved that was dying of cancer, Mm -hmm. and all they had to do was swallow a little pill and it would cure them of cancer? I mean, wouldn't that be wonderful? I mean, why would we want to hide that? Uh, we, we, uh, We as believers... We have a cure for the cancer of sin, but it requires us being willing to give of ourselves to be able to tell others the good news that there is a cure, the only cure, and that's found in Jesus Christ.
4: Who started the saying uh, about not discussing politics and religion? I've heard that so many
0: times that that's that's been a misunderstanding of well it's been around for probably yeah decades 50 years yeah at least but the the problem is that not that people don't want you to talk about those things they want you to simply agree with their skewed perspective yeah and and there there are a lot of times when i have shared down through the years and i have shared uh, in in some kind of not just a ministry but an evangelizing and people have said well you know I'm I'm just not religious you know what my response is you know I'm not either (laughs) do you know what the difference is between religion and salvation religion is man made salvation is God made so I'm not religious I'm not following some creed I'm not following some tradition I'm following the word of God and I do that because of what Jesus Christ has done in my heart and making me a new creation. That doesn't make me religious, because this what we believe cuts across all religions. it cuts across all cultures. you can You can go in and find somebody who is a businessman wearing a a, a three thousand dollar Armani suit, and that person comes to faith the same way that a headhunter in Papua New Guinea does. Faith in Jesus Christ. We're all the same at the foot of the cross. That's what the world needs to know. Because you can't bring enough stuff to God to make a difference. That's what we talked about in the Ten Commandments. Anybody else? Well, thank you for coming tonight. And be encouraged this week as you go out. Look for an accountability partner. Look for somebody that you can say, hey, this is how my week's gone. This is, this is how my day has gone. This is, this is what I watched. This is what I read. This is what I listened to. See if it doesn't make a difference in your life. And you know when you have somebody that you're accountable to, what it helps you to do is to encourage you in the things of the Lord. Because when you know you've got to get on the phone with that person, hey, have you read your Bible today? There. Have you prayed today? And you know all that is? That's exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's pray. Father, we, we want to be able to give of ourselves. But this world doesn't want us to do that because this world wants us to be Selfish wants us to be selfish in the way that we take our time and our talent our treasures our resources but Lord we ask that you would help us even if it just starts in a small core group that may be the way that we see revival that things will change one day at a time that we will not be carried about with the various things that are going on in the world. We'll leave it to you. We'll commit ourselves in every aspect to your care and encourage others to do the same. We know the day is approaching when the Lord will return and we want to be ready for that day. Thank you for our time this evening. Go with each one and give protection as
4: your will is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.